In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me all the way from across the pond is the rock parapsychologist himself, Mr. Cal Cooper. And actually, somebody wanted to know if you were a geologist, parapsychologist, but I don't know what that means, but whatever. Cal Cooper. <laughs> okay, no, I'm not a geologist. Definitely a psychologist, not a geologist. Where did that mm. come from? Rock psychologist, parapsychologist. Uh, oh, God, I'm, I'm just not with it today. I see. I Somebody you. thought you <laughs> studied rocks. I don't know. I totally lost that. I keep. I did get a comment the other day, someone saying, hmm, rock parapsychologist, that's quite novel. And then they did bring up the whole thing of whether I was in a band or not. So I was, yeah. the whole thing of rock parapsychologist always stuck in my head as a musician. I've never associated it with geology, but okay, that's a new one. So. You know, I actually studied geology. <laughs> I studied earth material geology, actually climatology, oceanography, any of the ologies I studied. <laughs> right. I love you, it. And you've... And you've got robots on the moon. Yes, I do. I do have robots. Well, I don't know. Not robots. But, well, they was, are. Uh, the, the, you, said, you said last time you've got robots was the lunar on, the, on the moon that are under your control. Yep, yep, yep. I worked on the radar on that particular <laughs> unit. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it might have been Apollo 13, the one that they had to abort. I don't know. It could have been. Oh, there we go. I still, <laughs> I still say you should get a telescope and just... Find your stuff up there and give it away. Yeah, I can auction it off on eBay. Yeah, you could do. You could sell it with one of those little patches of land on the moon. Yeah, there you so go. I'm... You could be a, a, a moon lord. There we go. Hey, speak about that. Did you hear uh, the new movie that's out now? Um, oh. Nazis, on, Nazis on the moon? No. No? I didn't catch that title. Say it again. Nazis on the moon. No, I, I thought you were thinking of that film um, with Sigourney Weaver and a physicist that are investigating paranormal claims, so I was well off. Okay, tell me about Nazis on the Moon. 
the, thesis, the theory of the movie is that it's only a limited release, I guess, or if it's released at all. But I've seen the trailers <laughs> and stuff, which is kind of cool. It's it's uh, after uh, World War II, the, the waning years of the war, the Nazis, of course, had all the V1s and V2s and all that stuff. So they had a cigarette base in the Antarctica, and they, and they always say that there was a cigarette base in the Antarctica from the Nazis had. But anyways, they launch all these ships to the moon, and then they live on the moon for all these years, and then finally they come back in an evasion. Uh, interesting premise, anyway. Yes. <laughs> Certainly sounds it. Yeah, and of course we have we have uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer 2 up here, which is doing I, well. I did see that. I did see the trailer for that, and some people have asked me if I'm going to see it, and I, I'm thinking about it. Are you going to see it? I would like to. Uh, my son's supposed to take me, so we'll see. Uh, anyway, um, so I understand you had an adventure. It a bit weird. <laughs> I don't know. I like weird stuff. You know, that's why I like you. Um, oh, anyways, you uh, I understand you have a, had an adventure. Had an adventure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. A little adventure. They recently I was watching, um, I went back and watched a, a Harry Price documentary, uh, which mm-hmm. I quite liked, which recapped... Um, uh, some of his best cases going from uh, how he oh, best cool. started out in the paranormal and had various kind of people on, some psychologists, skeptics, magicians and mediums all commenting all the way through. It's a brilliant documentary that's um, presented by Tom Baker as well, one of the previous Doctor Who's. And, oh, I, love, uh, I love Tom Baker. He's my favorite one. Yeah, he's brilliant, and um, he, he's very like funny and classy as the presenter in this documentary. But I kept it on DVD. It was taped off the telly ages ago. And um, at the end, it kind of shows um, Harry Price's actual grave here in the UK with the credits going over the top. And um, Norrie was sat next to me, and she's just playing on her iPhone. She said, oh, that's not very far from here. Like It was only like 20 minutes away in Pulborough, so it's um, just out of Chichester. So literally 20 minutes, half an hour away from uh, Portsmouth. So today I said, oh, let's go then. So we just went to the churchyard just to find that grave. And really? uh, got that, yeah, got there, and uh, we must have been searching for about half hour, forty five minutes in the graveyard trying to find it because I'd seen it, I knew what it looked like, and we just went round and round and round trying to find it, and it just wasn't clear. There was somewhere the words were just they weren't recognisable anymore. Some were just brand new graves, so we knew it couldn't have been those because he, he passed away um, in 1947. So we knew it, the the grave will have uh, gone through the test of time. And eventually uh, I had to ring Steve Parsons and then he looked on the internet, tried to get some pictures of it and had a guess of what condition it's in and said, look for a grave like this. And went through the graveyard again, still couldn't find it. And then he got up some numbers for some of the caretakers of the church and the churchyard and the vicar. Eventually I, I hadn't got any paper, so I wrote the vicar's number on my arm, which is still there now. Had to ring the vicar and I said, this might sound strange, but I'm in the graveyard now of... St. Mary's Church, and um, can't find the grave. Um, I'm looking for a grave of Harry Price. And he goes, oh, yeah, I can tell you where that is. And he said, go to the end of the church and put you back to the church. Now walk halfway down the path until you get to one of the taps where you can water the flowers. Put you back to the tap, walk down south, and about 25 yards ahead of you, or 25 feet, look, you'll see a grave with a cross, and it's like leaning into the ground. That's Harry's. And I was wow. like, oh, thank you very much. Went there, and it was, it was fantastic to actually be stood there knowing that that was his final resting pray, uh, place with his wife. And you're like, oh, you know, all these books that I, I adored growing up, um, yeah. The Case of Borley Rectory, Jeff the Talking Mongoose, and just this quiet little um, hidden church with uh, Harry so, Price's resting place. Had no so did, you bring a cake, did, you, did you 
you bring a flashlight or a K2 meter and try to communicate with them? No, no, no. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't do that. I mean, um, I took some photos of the grave, obviously. And I was, I was so tempted. I told Steve I was tempted to take a little weasel or stuffed teddy of a mongoose and, and leave that there. There you just go. the talking mongoose. But uh, I'll go back there, take... Um, take some flowers or something like that, but um, nothing spooky about it. It's in a very beautiful area, um, but it's, it's just a sake of being there. It was really nice. I've been by that church a few times. I had no idea that's where uh, he was buried. Well, you know what? When you come over here, I'll get you something paranormal, and you can bring it over there and leave it for Harry, and he'll like that. Yeah, I think he would like that. That sounds cool. Absolutely. Any, anyways, I hope if you took a picture, send, send it to me, email it to me. Yeah. I would love it. I'll put yeah, it in my next, new, next lo- newsletter, which actually came out this month. And if you haven't signed up for yours yet, you can uh, go to anyghostproject.com. That's the letter N, the letter E for New England, ghostproject.com. And you can sign up for your free newsletter. It's got all kinds of cool stuff. It includes cemetery stuff. But anyways, we have our guest on the line, uh, and she's one of my uh, favorite American uh, psychic mediums. Uh, she's also does a lot of work with the Crystal Skulls, and uh, she used to do have the TV show, which is still running in, in the Slavic countries, like Dead Tenets, and my favorite uh, East Coast psychic, Jane Doherty. Hi there, Ron and Cal. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Jane. How's it going? Just wonderful. And, and Cal, you know, I'd like you to take the lead in this, because Jane and I have talked many times. And, of course, you know that Jane has a psychic belly, and she's worked yeah. uh, with the Crystal Skulls and and even uh, did a little filming of the uh, Mothman thing. So, uh, I, and also another adventure called Ghost Lake. So you might, you might want to uh, lead that way. But I'm going to leave it up to you, Cal. How you like that? You're, <laughs> you're, you're a host, and I'm no, co-hosting today. I remember chatting last time um, about uh, the psychic belly and um, also the crystal skulls. The Mothman thing. I don't remember discussing that though. Could you tell us more about that, Jane? Uh, yes, it was something. Actually, we didn't really get to do the project. It was something that was trying to be uh, worked to do, but uh, the producer didn't get to do it. Oh. Uh, so it, it didn't come about. Although. It's still in the back of my mind and feeling as though there's something there that I need to do and go to because I have also have the ability to go into a trance, and that is what I was going to do at the bridge uh, mm-hmm. where the Mothman appeared because, because of, you know, supposedly that's what happened. But we didn't get to do the project, so we'll see. <laughs> uh, maybe that's something I can work with you on anyways. That'd be kind of okay. cool. That would be good. That would be very cool. Fill me in a bit more here on what the Mothman is, because when I hear the term Mothman, I always think of John Keel's Mothman prophecies, so the UFO contacts and alien abductions and so forth. So what's this Mothman? Um, this has to do, and I don't know exactly when it was, and I, I, I didn't read much about it simply because I wanted to keep pure if I went without right. knowing too much about it. But supposedly uh, there was this creature that appeared, on this bridge, and the person that was talking to the, the creature, it was like a bird-like, uh, disappeared. Yeah. Now, I don't know yeah. if there's anything else you know about it, Ron. I know quite a bit about it, actually. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's like everything in the paranormal. I know a little bit about everything. <laughs> so, um, the anyways. Guru. <laughs> yes, I am. I am like the keeper of the useless stuff. 
<laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, he's supposed to have glowing red eyes, and uh, he only showed up for a, a certain period of time. And I don't know if you want me to go in too much, or Jane, or not. It's okay because I read some yeah. about it at the time that I was going to okay. do, but not a lot. And yeah. usually, if I'm going to, even though I know something about, let's say, a place I go, like something uh-huh. like that, I got completely in an altered state when I'm working psychically, so I forget in the normal memory. So it's okay. Okay, that's cool. But uh, it actually was a, a portent of uh, doom that was coming to town because it, it, there was a uh, disaster in the bridge and a lot of people died in it. But there's a whole tie-in and a whole thing, men in black, and uh, well, there's a, a government dynamite factory that was there. It's been tied to it. There's a, it's a whole thing that's kind of inter- intertwined. And, and, of course, everyone has their own theories of what it was. And it only stayed for a certain period of time, then it just disappeared as fast as it showed up but it's really a cool thing you can definitely learn um, uh, more about it if you go on the internet there's a lot of uh, different ones that they have it but it's it's very similar to the movie uh, Richard Gere was in I think uh, Mothman Prophecies uh, right. depending on your take or of course it, but uh, you did another it, project though which was Ghost Lake which I know you completed and <laughs> that was I actually seen the DVD and that was a very good project very different too. Uh, I think if you saw it, then you saw how uh, it looked as though a hand went up, you know, underneath the shirt of the guy that was standing next to me, and the uh, image of of the light or a ghost-like, you know, haze that came as I was doing the séance. But actually, why don't you give I, Cal? You don't know nothing about it, right? No, all, all I know is that there's this seance, everyone's in the dark, and some guy's got a hand going up his shirt, so you're going to... It's <laughs> <laughs> usually me at one, I'm sorry. <laughs> so come on, what was going on? Uh, it is something that I did, it's in the Jenny Jump Mountains here in New Jersey, and supposedly at this ghost lake, there is a spirit that appears, and it's haunted. And at the same time, the road that Ghost Lake is on, it's called Shades of Death Road, uh, simply because there have been many stories over the years of a female walking the streets as a ghost and trying to stop cars for a ride. And right. the, uh, the story goes that if you don't, if people who didn't pick her up would soon get into a car accident on that street and die. So we went there to, you know, investigate for me to see where the spirit was, to communicate anything that I could. So there were a couple of skeptics on the project, and, you know, each one would tell, you know, what what their feeling was as far as skeptical, and they participated in the seances. And during the seance, uh, you could see this mist that came, and, of course, the skeptic was basically reduced to tears in his eyes because of the information that was coming out of me. Then we had to go to the lake and do a midnight seance. That's where the fun really began. Um, At this lake, as as we got there at midnight, it was very spooky. No question about it. And as we began to do the seance, I felt somebody was watching us. And I needed to move from where we were. And I sensed something further in the woods 
Now, the cameraman and everybody was moving to go towards that area, but I wouldn't go deeply in the woods. We just moved a bit. And at that point, as I still kept feeling there is something watching us, we got to another part of the lake, and above the lake was this light shining down. Now, we're in the middle of the woods. There are no street lights. There's no light, and there wasn't a reflection um, where it should be of this light. It, it was a strange thing. So we're pointing this out, and they're taking the photos, and I'm still feeling uh, that there's something going on. And at that point in time, what happened is the guy standing next to me began to feel something on his back, and uh, he he moved and screamed, whatever. And at that point, we also saw the light move. And then in the uh, in the in the project when it was done and they looked at it, you could actually see something go up uh, under his shirt in the video and uh, the other type of uh, you know energy. You could see these things which they captured. They didn't know at the time. Now what happened is I I said to them again, we need to get out of here. I just don't feel good. I feel like there's something watching us. So as we. Started to go out of the woods. There was one other stop to make uh, to see where this house was that was no longer there, right next to the lake where supposedly this woman was. That is the spirit now. And so we, I went there just to check to see if I would react, uh, you know, with my stomach, and it did. Only at that point, it was far more than a spirit because it was like my guide telling us to get out of there fast. And we did at that point. However, this is what happened. Uh, there were two cars. I got in the first car, and the producer of this got in the second car. We were going back to our camp. We left within two minutes of each other. And we got to the camp, and a, at least a half an hour went by, 40 minutes, and the producer had not come. I was very nervous, and I kept saying it to the person, we need to check, something is wrong. Just as we were leaving to go out to look for them, the producer came back. What had happened is as we pulled out, they pulled out, and something out of nowhere pulled out behind them. And it was a black vehicle you couldn't see into um, the windows, and what was going on was basically a chase. They were trying to make different turns to lose whoever this was behind them. And then um, they made the turn to fool them, and they hid. It went one way, and they went the other way to the camp. Uh, and they didn't see it anymore. Nobody saw it. just, like, disappeared. And we were supposed to sleep there that night, but I politely said, I'm leaving. <laughs> and I drove home at 3 o'clock in the morning. There's no way I was going to sleep there because it was a uh, very strange thing. And even that, the one girl, whenever she would go there, producer's girlfriend, whenever she would visit this place, she would get violently sick, as she did during our taping of the, um, of the DVD. So it was quite interesting. And it's not something that I will ever go back to and do, is that at Ghost Lake. Really? Oh, no, I won't. He wanted to take me back because he had an encounter in the woods of some sort of a creature that jumped out at him. But it was a spirit creature, and oh, he wanted wow. me right where I was sensing I wanted to go. It was something there, and he wanted to take me back, and I says, no, 
I'm not going back there. It, it was very uh, in. I don't think I've ever been consumed with fear like I was at that moment, and I was consumed with it. And I'm not a person that usually has fear in any kind of situation like this. So it it was overwhelming. And so it's not a place I'll go to. <laughs> I think I might even have the DVD of that. So maybe I can show you that when uh, you come over, Cal. Have you seen it then? You've seen the footage where something's I, actually going up this guy's shirt? And I, you... I think. I'm not sure. That's been a while. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it really has. But uh, is this still available online anywhere? You know, it's possible. It's possible. Um, Netflix. I think they were carrying it. Various places were carrying it. Yeah. But it's been a few years. I don't remember exactly even when I did it. But um, if you don't have it, I probably still have a copy here, and I could always bring it up, you know, to me, to Massachusetts, with me to Massachusetts. Uh, oh, that'd be cool. Oh, that'd be cool, yeah. Excellent. And we can send the parapsychologist out to view the film. And- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> footage is in there of the of what of his shirt and uh the mist and all of that so uh-huh. yeah is is the the light above the lake as well is that on the footage yeah yeah that's on as well okay yeah right, that'll be interesting very yeah. interesting so the lake is it's right there the whole thing and, and jane, used, mm-hmm. jane used to also do a tv series called uh dead tenants uh i think there were like five episodes that originally was on a and e was it no, it was uh, TLC. Ah, TLC. I was so close. I knew I had letters. Tender love and care. <laughs> <laughs> and and that was a, an interesting series. I, I remember actually watching that when it first came out. Uh, so, the, the best episodes didn't air, unfortunately. The, no. The, the last five were really the best episodes because as you, you know, you went through it, it everything kind of came together and everybody knew what they were doing as far as the producers because it was difficult for them even to figure out how to, um, you know, videotape a seance. They had to get it from different angles. But what was interesting to me anyway is that there was a skeptic in every episode. I know. That was cool. Ten episodes. And in nine of them, uh, the skeptic was changed to a believer. <laughs> so, and so what kind of- what kind of skeptics were these? Were these just people claiming that they were very skeptical and they wanted to go and see it for themselves, or were they uh, paranormal investigators or very? Oh no, no, they weren't paranormal investigators. They were. Uh, Wasn't a marine, and uh, I know the marine was in the Ghost Lake one, right? Yes, the marine was yeah. in the Ghost Lake one. Uh, each each skeptic was somehow associated to the family that was having uh, the spirit activity. Right. And they were they you know they didn't believe the family. Uh, and they were just diehard skeptics. So they were there for that reason, you know, like prove it to me or show me. Uh, it was also interesting because we had a, uh, like, uh, researchers. So whatever was said psychically, even though we were continuing the, the taping, the researchers were at the library and whatever else they had to do to start looking up whatever it is I said. And then they would come back with um, information, whether there was, you know, any hits to it or not. And, and you know, and there were. I think the one, uh, Ron, I think the one that really was the, 
ninth, no, the tenth episode. Um, that was in a a house in upstate New York. Okay. And what happened is it was, you know, one or two other psychics that were in that episode. And when they went through, it seems as though they were picking up like it was a hospital, you know, just very different. And I walked through, and that's not what I'm picking up at all. And, in fact, I had a strange reaction where I started to get dizzy and wanted to go into a trance. And this is the only episode I did this in. And the producers realized something was different. So they arranged for me to go back in and to go into a trance and what the spirit, to let the spirit speak through me. And that led to going across the uh, farmland at night because the spirit was actually leading me to what he was trying to communicate. And he was leading me with my stomach. That's how I was following it. Uh-huh. And we got to the edge of the property, and I started to pick up a church. And then we based, and I was told that there is a church right, you know, a little bit ways more, but we were going to go to it now in the daytime because it was, you know, too dark to go further. Uh, what I felt that it had to do with this book that was found in the house that we had no idea what it was, but. I, f- I felt that the spirit was trying to tell me something about this book because he just kept kept up at it. Then what we learned is that this place, after the research, after you know I had done the psychic uh, you know impressions, the research came back to say that the the house was a actual revival center, and the church was moved from New York City. And it was a minister, and it was, you know, retreats were there. And what they did in the revival is that swaying that I did to go into a trance is what they used to do there in getting into that, um, you know, mode and what they were doing. When I walked to the church, the final piece to it was that the minister uh, what, what the book was, was the minister's father's sermon book. And it was the last sermon was entered of the, of the father before he died. So the minister cherished this, and he wanted it brought back into the church where it was to be. It was, it was quite an episode and a very emotional one um, because of, you know, the tears walking into the church. And what oh, was yeah, I would imagine. Right? Yeah, very emotional, but very interesting because it was totally opposite to what even the family who lived there thought, the whole thing. And to me, it was a very fascinating episode. Hmm. I, that, that's so cool. I mean, um, there's so many times that you're led by certain things, whatever it is. I know you were led by your belly, but I know I know in other cases where we've been uh, dowsing, we were led by it, or even, Cal will love this, EMF uh, led us to locations, uh, which were pretty interesting as well. What so, kind of EMF? Was it K2, a, K2 EMF? No, it was regular old cell sensor EMF, my oh, favorite. Okay, okay. So long as you weren't led by the lights. <laughs> well, it was. Absolutely, I was led by the light. I mean, that's why I use that thing. It lights up, and makes noise. That's all I care about. 
You know, I'm a very visual person, Cal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It actually works out better because if I am doing something in the dark and I can tell by the intensity of the light if the EMF is uh, increasing. So mm. that that's kind of a cool thing, the sound oh, yeah. and the intensity, yeah. which is neat. But anyway, so we're coming up the break now. So uh, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with the world-renowned rock parapsychologist himself, and I don't mean geology, Mr. Cal Cooper, and uh, America's favorite uh, psychic medium, Jane Doherty, and, of course, New England's own Van Helsink, right here on TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. And we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to TokiNet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give the awards to the Parax family. Take 6,427. All right. Hi, I'm Ron Kolek, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so Ann, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron. See you then. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Cal Cooper, Ron Kowick, and our very special guest, Jane Doherty, right here on TojiNet, PowerX, Ghost Channel, and beyond. And, of course, uh, Cal and uh, Jane and myself will be at SparaQuest coming July 27th through the 29th at the Haunted Beezy Estate. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, it'll be interesting to, uh, you know, see Cal's comments on you, Jane, you know? You know how critical he is. <laughs> You're expecting some sort of fight or a wrestle, aren't you, Ron? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Be interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, it, we've actually got a, it's a pretty good lineup. Uh, of course, on Friday night, the Psychic versus Science Ghost Hunt, and then uh, all day on Saturday, we've got uh, workshops and presentations and uh, readers and all, all kinds of stuff going on. And then the Psychic Supper, and then 
uh, Ghost Quest, the event, which is a multimeter event, which is going to be exciting. This going to and that's going to end with uh, Jane doing a midnight seance, and then of course Sunday morning we got the uh, morning tea, which you bring in a picture of your past loved ones, ones that have passed, and uh, maybe they'll come through, and uh, there'll be tea leaves read. There's there's presentations again, workshops, all that cool stuff, experiments. Uh, the dead chamber will be there. And, of course, when we finish up uh, at the very end with an old-fashioned Victorian uh, gallery reading, which will be fun. So there you go. And that's on July 27th through the 29th. And you can go on my website, which is the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, and egoesproject.com. So are anyway. You, uh, are, you, are you making all the tea and cakes at the tea evening, Ron? Boo on that. Although I am <laughs> quite an accomplished cook, you know. Chef, I, I, I guess. I can picture you wearing this uh, this penny, pouring tea out for everyone. <laughs> I have no idea how to do British tea, so that's way beyond my capabilities. How would you try and make a cup of tea? Me? It's yeah, very simple. Ahead. You boil water and... Then you put a tea bag in it, and you let it seep for a long time. Then you nuke it in a microwave to get it piping hot again. And then microwave? What are, you, <laughs> microwave what, what are you using the microwave for? To get it hot again, because I let it seep forever. <laughs> I want that awful. thing strong. No, 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 no. I'm going to show you how to make proper tea, Ron. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, maybe, you know what, I might turn you to the dark side. Who knows? I, I've had tea made in a microwave before. Not only is it hotter than the sun. No, you did <laughs> listen also, to me, Cal. Once again, you, your little your little parapsychologist mind only picks up on certain facts, and you didn't listen to the old picture. I said I boil water till it's piping hot. It actually has to blow steam for a while. Then I put it in the tea and let it, the tea bag in and let it seep there for a long period of time. Anyway, let's talk to Jane I before I punch you in the nose. <laughs> How could you d- dispute a, a Englishman who makes his own tea and knows yeah. the right way? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What, you, what makes that the right way? He knows the British way. What makes that the right way? Well, I mean, that's we, true. We, but... used, we used to have, you know, ox cots, but now we have cots. I mean, if we'd still listen to the British, we'd still probably have ox cots. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you still had one, Ron, personally. Uh, <laughs> moving right along. It sounds like we're going to have a lot of fun at the end of July. With yeah. the Yanks again, uh, and the Brits. <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway. B- before the break, I was going to bring this up, but um, I didn't want to get cut off in the break. But you were mentioning a few things, Jane, with um, some of the psychic impressions that you got at various locations. And then Ron said something that kind of hit the nail on the head for me to actually kind of take that question forward. And um, I know you keep on saying psychic stomach. I'm going to say psychic tummy, just because it sounds nice. Okay. But, um, is it, kind of like, is it kind of like divining, basically? Is that what's actually going on? You're kind of following not only your psychic impressions, but where your tummy is sort of protruding to, in a way. Does that actually draw you to certain areas and certain locations that will provide you with stronger information? Yes, yes. I, 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 that's a good way also of putting it. It is like a, almost like I'm divining. It's almost like my whole body is divining as to where to go and where spirit is. And uh, the reaction. Right. Well, so have you, have you ever done that while using Chris, uh, like a crystal pendulum or um, divining rods as well? Um, yes, once or twice I have used use that when I'm, uh, you know, like a divining rod. At the same time, my stomach will go out. The rods will cross. 
Mm-hmm. I haven't done cool. it with a pendulum, but with dowsing rods I have. Mm-hmm. And I've also had people near me uh, with meters that there have been times when my stomach goes out, the, uh, the, the energy will change. You'll see it on the meters. Yeah. So, Ron, presumably you've seen this sort of phenomena. What do you make of it? Interesting, like everything else I do in the paranormal. And I look at it, and can I explain it? Absolutely not. Evidently, she is connected some way to some type of uh, paranormal energy, and uh, that's the reaction to it, just as other people get headaches or heaviness in their chests or uh, some other symptoms. uh, That's how it it, uh, manifests itself with Jane. That's how I would describe it, I guess. Mm -hmm. So... you, before you met Jane, then, you you might have heard about this ability as well, and then you end up at some sort of event or haunted location, then you see this going on for the first time. What was your first reaction to it? Holy shit. <laughs> oh, can I say that on here? No, I can't. Oh, bleep that out, please. <laughs> okay, so I'm, def- I'm definitely going to be impressed then by... Uh, now, it's, it's something unusual. I've never seen or heard of a medium actually having this sort of display of ability, so it seems like I'm going to be quite impressed by this. It's Hopefully. very different, and it's been going on since, I think, somewhere around 1988 when I went on my first psych, uh, scientific ghost investigation. And in those days, it was different than what you do now. Oh, yeah. And they didn't tell the psychic where, where she was going. They took more than one psychic at different times. There was a map of the, of the house that the family would mark, and then the psychic would be given a blank map. And as you mm-hmm. went through, you would mark the area where you sent spirit energy and whatever impression you got. And in this first um, investigation with the researcher, uh, my stomach expanded. I screamed. I didn't know what it was. And, of course, I didn't realize that the family was told nobody can react to me in anything I say. So then I realized, okay, that's what's going on. And as I went on and and into the next room, when it it, uh, expanded again, that's when I felt the cold energy around me. And that I recognized as spirit, the cold energy. And in this particular house, my stomach went out nine times. The researcher couldn't wait to get to the bottom and and compare. He knew what was going on. Even his camera, the videotape, was, was going fuzzy every time my stomach expanded. And in the end, my, when we put the maps on top of each other, my stomach located eight of the uh, nine places the family had reported spirit activity in, almost in my identical spot. And it's mm-hmm. been that way ever since. It, it's, you know, <laughs> it, that was oh. the first time it happened, and then it, it happened ever since from that point on. It's very unique. I mean, I've always noticed that certainly with a lot of mediums that have been involved in the media, so, um, you know, you've done a lot of stuff yourself um, with various TV projects and also radio and so forth. So you become quite known and people kind of not only hear of a medium's name and instantly recognize them for various programs and so forth and um, their psychic abilities, but they also have something unique about them as well. I mean, if I just go through a couple, we had sure. Ross, who's co- coming over to Spirit Quest. He's known as the psychic teen, purely for the fact that he's a teenager and psychic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Brian Shepard. He's known for his drawings. We have Derek Corey. He's known for most haunts, but also a spirit guide, Sam. So there's always this little unique thing with different mediums that you can kind of pick out about. It, it, is the whole 
psychic tummy thing always been something you've been recognized for? Or yes. did always, always been recognized for it? I've always been recognized for it. It's been happening since 1988. In fact, that's how I started to do ghost tours. Because to me, I immediately said, if this was happening to me, then it would be my, I had to do something with it because I felt it was my way or God's way, the, the other side of being able to show people that the spirit world is real because there was a physical manifestation that happened to me. So I started ghost tours in New Jersey, and then people would be feeling my belly, and I still do that, where when I'm doing a ghost tour, I'll pick somebody to walk with me, you know, back into the energy so they can feel the stomach um, expand and contract, so they know what it feels like. And I'll be doing that to you, Cal. <laughs> So you you can feel it, you know, from your point of view. So you, there you go. Um, if, if, can, if I can put my see. ear to your tummy, will I hear anything? I don't know. <laughs> I've actually had a doctor on the tour with a, a stethoscope and, um, you know, checking me out. I've had a couple of doctors. In fact, uh, even when I've gone to surgery, I've asked my surgeon, you know, after it, because it was on, you know, surgery was on my stomach, and I had no idea if this was going to mess up my psychic belly or not, but it didn't. And I asked him if there was any possible reason, you know, medically, physically, that this could be happening to me. And he looked at me and he said, I don't believe I'm going to answer this with a straight face. Uh, he says, but he said, no. He says, there is nothing medically that could be causing this. He said, it has to be something beyond. And he he actually became a believer, and, um, and, and he was the medical doctor that didn't believe, but because of some things I said to him in conversations, um, he began to believe. And he would, he would agree to pee, uh, appear on TV if I called him in. Wow, look at that. Yeah, it had just completely changed, you know, him. And, of course, he, you know, he didn't know I was psychic going through surgery, and all the nurses that were tending to me happened to be clients because I would always <laughs> read these surgical nurses, you know, twice a year. You know, they'd have a psychic party. So it was pretty funny because as I was going under anesthesia, apparently they were all asking me questions. And I guess there was a point in time that I didn't realize I was answering them. So, well, you know what? Is, isn't that what uh, Edward Casey used to do? He used to go and uh, sleep, and uh, they would come in and ask him all kinds of stuff. But I think he did it through hypnosis. This was through the anesthesia that was... Uh, yeah, well, you know, you know <laughs> tomatoes, tomatoes, you know. Yes, true, true. <laughs> so, but so, you, you said you had a, medic, a medical doctor that went along on one of the ghost hunts, though. I mean, surely the first time this happened to you, were you immediately concerned that that was happening? I mean, was your first thoughts not to, you know, well, to actually immediately go to a medical doctor and find out what was going on? Um, no, it, it was not something um, that I even thought of because, yeah, I knew it wasn't gas because it, it just, I'd never be able to do what I was doing for the hours in and out, right. the stomach would go. And right. because there would be another sensation, I would, when that would happen, I also would feel the cold around me. So I knew at that point it was spirit. It just happened to be that these ghost tours were so popular at that time that um, medical doctors, a whole surgical team, came straight from the hospital at Halloween and came to my midnight tour. So um, they, they would examine me because they were medical doctors. 
and got curious, and that's what was going on. And, of course, it was so publicized, people knew about this. And, you know, people were coming just to see that. And it's always fun, you know, if you're a skeptic and you come on a ghost tour, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because when they see the stomach expand and, and how natural it is that they go in and out, uh, you see something happening. It, it It makes you a believer. Right. Because there's something going on that is unexplainable. All right, I'll, I'll bring you along my uh, stethoscope. Well, let me let me tell you. I mean, I I tried to do that with Maureen, and I had this brilliant idea that when she would do her transmediumship, I would test different, uh, you know, medical functions, like for instance, blood pressure, and I, you know, attached this blood pressure cup to her and all this stuff, and uh, it was digital. And of course, I don't know if you know. Believe it or not, but uh, paranormal definitely in- interferes with uh, electronics, and I almost freaking killed her arm. It just blew up. <laughs> Kept blowing. Oh yeah, that went over real well. <laughs> well, well, we'll leave out blood pressure then. We'll just uh, try the stethoscope. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That might be the the easiest thing to do before I, yeah. you know kill another person <laughs> but anyways jane i mean the first time i saw you and uh you know i immediately fell in love with you i i loved the way you're a real psychic in fact uh, i remember hans holzer called you one of the top psychics in america wasn't it yes yes correct and that's a story too in the sense that when i first began in this field and i was president of the, i became president of the jersey society of parapsychology and my wish was to meet hans holzer because he was an idol as far as i was concerned in this field and i and i began in the you know somewhere in the 80s and maybe around the mid 80s is when i was doing this so then ultimately uh Somehow, some way, I wound up in his apartment in New York doing readings for him. <laughs> uh, amazing. And then there was more interaction, and then he wrote his book, and um, then he, he honored me with that. I mean, it's just incredible how, you know, I went from making a wish to meeting him and then, uh, you know, actually being honored. And I will say this to you, and maybe I shouldn't be letting this out, but I am going to let it out. I won't tell you who the person is. Uh, after uh, Dr. Hans Holzer died, there is a person that I know involved in, in the theatrical world um, that actually there is a voice message from Dr. Hans Holzer after his death. It was chilling. Oh, right up your alley, Cal. Yeah, definitely. What's it on? Is it just like um, recorded was, on a sort of tape? It was on the phone. It was on the on the um, answer machine. Oh, even better. That's great. Uh, have you got a copy of that? I don't have a copy of it, and I don't uh. know. I'm not. Well, I'm going to see these people in August, but I'm not. It will be, you know, the week after I come home after the conference. Oh. But uh, who knows? Maybe they will make a copy. I don't know. He's actually, you know, doing, uh, well, Hans Holzer wrote some sort of a um, a movie, a play. Oh, really? And that's what's, uh, you know, being worked on. Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, what's really funny is that a lot of these uh, groups that call themselves scientific groups out there, and they'll they'll uh, they'll challenge other groups that use psychics or, or dowsing or, or any type of spiritual work, and say, oh, we want to do 
research, just like uh, Hans Holzer did, and uh, they really don't even understand because Hans Holzer used uh, definitely uh, psychics. Psychics. Sybil uh, yeah. Leake, of course, was he worked many times with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, we have to take a short break right now and play another episode of Beyond Bizarre from my favorite gal, Viola Ventura. Maybe. A Memphis Bell. The jewel of downtown Memphis, Tennessee, is the Orpheum Theater, a beautiful and ornate theater that hosts classic and modern acts, ranging from musicals to Shakespeare to Tom Waits. The Orpheum has also been host to several supernatural events. Most common is the sighting of the ghost of a little girl. Many employees, docents, and historians agree that she is likely the spirit of a little girl who was killed around the turn of the 20th century by a horse and carriage while crossing the street on her way to the theater. Other accounts say that a girl died when she fell from the upper balcony. While her cause of death is uncertain, there have been multiple sightings of the same little girl who is known simply as Mary. She is spotted occasionally in the box seats and frequently in the theater before or after a concert or play. A terrifying tidbit from the Book of the Bazaar, available wherever books are sold. Bizarre or the Book of Bizarre. She also has written two of them, and they're really cool. They're all full of interesting little tidbits. Some, you know, paranormal. Some just odd, but uh, they're available everywhere. So, anyways, uh, I wonder if James Belly could be in one of those. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I think I, I think they're great. I've still got on my head the the whole divorce thing with putting your wedding ring in a miniature coffin and presenting it to the person you've split up with. You like that, huh? <laughs> I still just think that's remarkable that some people were doing it. I knew only like I think as a couple of years ago in the UK they started to announce that in card shops where you could get every card under the sun they started doing divorce cards. Happy divorce. <laughs> there you go. It should have happy haunting. Yeah, yeah, they should have. I heard your house is haunted. uh, You know, uh, may the spirit be with you or something. I don't know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, what do you? Anything else coming up with you? uh, uh, Your spirit quest, of course, and then I have the Crystal Skull Conference at twelve, twelve, twelve on the uh, cruise to Cozumel. So the conference. We'll be on the cruise with the Crystal Skulls and uh, lecturers on Atlantis. And then I have the um, Uncover the uh, the uh, Ancient Spirits of Egypt tour in March. Really? That will that's right. be, yes, that's, that I'm, I'm like so excited about because we'll be doing investigations, the tour group, whoever goes, and seance is first one ever done in the Great Pyramid in the Sphinx wow. in a couple of temples. So it, it's going to be unreal. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to expect uh, if I have my stomach doing this in normal seances <laughs> and in ghost investigation. It's probably going to be uh, an incredible thing. And so I'm very excited about that. I'll be teaching a little psychic development past life. You know, as we go on, it's a Nile cruise, and it's for 14 days. Wow. Yeah. 
I've, yeah, uh, I've, been doing, I've been doing a lot of research on um, Dr. Alex Tanis, who was a psychic over in Maine in the USA. And um, he was also an amateur parapsychologist as well. And I was fascinated by one part of his career, which isn't actually that widely mentioned. You see the odd photograph here and there. So I've been um, searching with the foundation to go through their archives of what he did over in Egypt. And... Um, I should be getting those soon and some video footage from the 19, late 1980s when he went over oh. there. But apparently he got permission to go down to the Sphinx and held a seance there with a study group that he took over. And he took a study group for about a week, all people wanting to develop their psychic abilities and so forth. But he, he didn't really widely document that he did that, which I found fascinating. One of the flyers I got for it was advertising his second trip there. So why oh. this never got uh, more public, I don't know. You, you hardly hear of any parapsychologists or really psychics publicly um, doing anything over in Egypt. There's some odd bits and bobs that are scattered throughout the literature over time, but there's, there's certainly not a lot going on at the moment. No, so that would be cool. This is going to be the first one where a tour group is going to participate with me in the seance, and, and we have two hours in the Great Pyramid, and we're going yeah. inside the Sphinx where the public doesn't go, mm. and in three temples to do an investigation and a seance. So wow. it's going to be an incredible experience. It's rock. Never done before. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm hoping to have, make sure I have another tape, you know, lots of tape recorders with me. Right. And because right. also batteries, to, to <laughs> be able to say immediately after what's gone on so you remember it, because as you go from seance to seance, uh, the company that is sponsoring this is from Poland. And they uh, actually the do they did the documentary on the Sphinx with, I think it was uh, Dr. Anthony West and Robert Baval, um, you know, a few years back. So I did ask him, I said, are you going to take, then he is going to take a cameraman, but I'm going to suggest more than one. Because in the seance, you really need to get it from two angles. Because you don't know what can go on or what you may capture. Because people who are not psychic or not producing a, a seance type of situation, feel things in the uh, Great Pyramid. So, yeah, you know, it's a, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. you, you know, what's interesting is we did a seance with you at the Hootena Mansion, of course, and it was taped, but uh, we lost all that footage. Which was, I know, I and, know. And it, it was phenomenal because, yes, some things happened that we didn't expect. So that was kind of cool. So, yeah, yeah, go with two, two of them. At least something happens, you'll have another one. The first time we, we did a uh, seated communication by candlelight at the Hooten Mansion, uh, we investigated years and years and years ago. Um, we had two cameras going, and wouldn't you know it if one of them didn't shut off by itself? Sure. So we ended up with one, though, so we were still able to capture it. Yeah, because you don't know what can happen, because in essence, I'm summoning the spirit. And even I'm having this ancient crystal skull there, which has never been brought into the pyramids. And if the Mayans are connected to Egypt, and it all gets connected from from Atlantis. Yeah, from the ley lines, right? I mean, yeah, aren't they all mm -hmm. connected on the ley lines? Yes. And even if, uh, you know, it could stir up energy, it, it could do something in that respect, too. So I had to be prepared for for anything. I had to actually prepare the people what I normally would do in a seance to create the resonance before we get into the um, pyramid and the temple so that we can get right to what we need to do. 
and and so I have to make it so that there's an instant resonance when we get into that situation, you know, wow. in the temple. And that's part of the idea of my doing a morning workshop and psychic development and, and preparing them and instructing so that when we get to all the seances and investigation, they'll be ready, you know, we'll have to have it very organized so we get in there to do what we have to do. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the bell. That means the pizza's here, so it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> so, Jane, I want to thank you so much for uh, being on the show. And why don't you give out your uh, website? Sure. Uh, the website is under my name, uh, Jane, J-A-N-E-D-O-H-E-R-T-Y.com. There you go. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you here at the end of July. Not that far away, about three no, weeks. Not that far left. away. Same here. All right. guys. So Thanks. you take care, Jane. Peace okay. be with you. You too. Care, bye bye now. Bye bye. Well, that was cool, huh? Yeah, definitely. I'm really looking forward to actually seeing a displacement of these abilities or some of the abilities coming to her and then this whole tummy thing going on. It's, it's something that I haven't heard of mediums doing before at all. I've, you know, what else can you say of any other medium doing? You know, their arms getting bigger or longer or their eyes rolling back into their head. You, you know, I don't know. You don't hear of many things. But a tummy expanding, that'll be very interesting. I'm definitely going to hear with the stethoscope. <laughs> well, if anyone's still there, good night and God bless everyone. Thanks for listening. to ghosties, along the east, things that will bump 